0: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from very, very sunny Arizona. We've reached summer. I don't even want to tell you what that means, uh, but welcome. Today, I, I just learned that right at this moment, the server for the Self-Improvement blog is down. So you know, if you're on HostGator, take a look and see if your, your uh, website is up because you may be having a problem too. The the self-improvement blog changes on a daily basis. So I invite you to check in on it every day. Today when it's back up, go back and take a look at it because I have the review of our today's guest, uh Jane Marla Robbins, on. It's a wonderful book. I'd love for you to read the review. There's a chance to get the book there. Please don't miss this book. Her picture is there, her bio is there, and a session that she did with Google is in the right sidebar so I really encourage you to go there you know take a visit on the self improvement blog and stay a while it's you know usually a lot of fun to go there some of you don't know it but my former husband was United States congressman and at the time we lived in Maryland one day he called me in the middle of winter you have to know it was winter and said i need you to go to pennsylvania and give a speech for me tonight well i was not a public speaker i did not have a speech it was supposed to snow he had arranged a flight in a private plane and i was deadly afraid of private planes because we'd had a crash in one during a campaign uh... the whole thing was just one gigantic piece of fear Um there wasn't anybody else who could do it so all i could do was say yes and in a couple hours i was on my way to pennsylvania i wrote the speech on the plane not not just because i had to get it done but because i was afraid to look out the window that's how afraid i was we got there And there were about a thousand people listening there to listen to me. They were expecting to see a United States congressman when I walked in. There was nothing left in my knees to hold me up. I prayed. And it worked because I got through the speech and actually got a standing ovation, much to my surprise. Uh, Nobody was more surprised about that than I was. Uh, But the fear, I'll never forget the feelings that I had at the time. A few years later, I did one of those human potential training programs in in California, of course. Um, And for my stretch, I had to pretend that I was Tina Turner singing Proud Mary. Now, anybody who knows me knows I can't sing. I mean, there's just, my voice just doesn't do it. My throat got so dry that no sound would come out, and I was just squeaking, and I had to stay up there and try until I could convince everybody that I was indeed Tina Turner. Now, it took a little while, but I made it, but the fear was so huge. You know, I'll never forget how I felt, and even just talking about it now, my body gets all tight all over. I wish... I had known in in just these two instances what our today's guest teaches. We all have had situations in social situations when we really wanted to disappear into the woodwork and sometimes even left early because it was so intimidating. You need to read Jane Marla Robbins' book. <clears throat> Jane Marla Robbins is a successful, let me emphasize, successful actress, Performance coach and author. She's the author of Acting Techniques for Everyday Life, Look and Feel Self Confident in Difficult Real Life Situations, now in its fifth printing, and the author of Perform at Your Best Acting Techniques for Business, Social, and Personal Success. Her acting credentials include in film Rocky 1, 2, and 5, those are huge productions, and on stage Reminiscent. Reminiscences of Mozart by His Sister, Miriam's Dance, and Dear Nobody. She currently leads workshops on acting techniques for business success in Los Angeles and teaches classes at Loyola Marymount University and the University of Judaism. And somehow, I left out her TV uh, work, which is vast, and includes programs like ER, Murder, She Wrote, Beverly Hills, 90210, big, big productions. Um, She's a published poet, essayist. Uh, She graduated magna cum laude from Bryn Mawr College and studied at the Graduate School of Psychology at Antioch College, and it is such a privilege for me to welcome you, Jane. Jane Marla Robbins, welcome.
2: What a lovely welcome. Thank you.
0: Well, we need you. <laughs> we all need what you teach. And unless we just sit in a corner all day, you have so much to teach any one of us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What was your life like growing up and what led you to go into acting? To me, acting is the most intimidating profession I can think of. Why did you go there?
2: Well, first I want to address something you just said, which is how much I have to teach. The truth is, the more I teach, the more I learn, and I teach what I have to learn. So, that really explains my history, which, of course, I'm about to share with you. I grew up in New York, and my mother, believe it or not, in while I was in her womb, she named me Jane Marla Robbins, because she thought it was a good name for an actress.
0: Oh, nice.
2: So, it... Um, and, and God bless her. She, she just died recently. <clears throat> but that dream of hers was obviously planted in my brain very early. And by some possibly divine accident, I had a huge talent for it. I think the reasons that I became an actress are many. It was, um, listen, it was New York. It was neurotic time. It was a dysfunctional household. Being on stage was probably the only place I could feel my feelings without threatening somebody. Um, wow. I love my parents, <laughs> but that was not what their history had allowed them to learn. Feelings were scary for them. Performance and looking good was very, very important. And so I learned that. So it was a kind of acting at home as well as acting on stage, where obviously on stage I was allowed to scream and cry and even got paid for it. Um. But very early on, I think, also, I don't know how much of a spiritual bent your, your listeners have, but I do have one. I, I love that story you told of when, for your husband, the congressman, you had to give a speech and you prayed before it and you were able to be wonderful. Um, as you know, because you have read my book, one of the chapters um, is about prayer because a lot of actors I know and then people whom I coach discover that just saying a prayer helps them before they have to leap onto a stage.
0: Immensely.
2: But I was slow to come to this knowledge, frankly, and though at college where I acted a lot and then I got out of college and with a friend of mine, we wrote a one-woman play for me, which to our enormous, frankly, our, our enormous surprise and obviously our delight, got rave reviews everywhere. I mean, we couldn't have been more surprised. It was some obscure 18th-century English journals we found. But the story of this woman who wrote a bestseller in 1776 um, was interesting, and she got to know everyone in the 18th century, King George III, Madame de Stael, Samuel Johnson. And her story was interesting. Her story actually is probably not unlike mine and probably not that much unlike anybody's. It's about... uh, really coming of age, which I would translate to mean, gee, I've been given all of these dictates by my parents. What belongs to them? What belongs to me? Anyway, what I wanted to say about my spiritual, the spiritual aspect of my acting was, the play ran for a year in New York, and so every night I would be backstage putting on my makeup, and I felt I was putting on priestly robes as if I were going to go out there and like a rabbi like a priest like a teacher which is actually what rabbi means i would go out there and my job was to somehow i don't know how i got this seemingly ego <laughs> laden idea in my head but my job was to somehow raise the consciousness of the people somehow inspire them so that when they left the theater which of course started as a temple when they left their lives would be better and My journey since then has been to realize how much of, in fact, a teacher I am, so that this book seems to be a natural uh, consequence of all those years of acting and being in a theater. I've also, as you said, uh, I've done movies and television, but it's all... I think about being a priestess, about being a teacher, about somehow helping people, because that's frankly what turns me on, as I'm and sure see, you know. I, that's I what think you do. it's
0: the job for all of us to help raise mm. the consciousness of each other. Mm, what a you beautiful know, thought. I love what you did in your book uh, with light, talking, you know, telling people how to. Bring in light so they glow um this really appealed to me I, most of our listeners probably have a spiritual bent, although i don't I don't know. We have a little bit of everybody, but basically we're all spiritual beings that you know when when you you scratch way down the surface that's what we are so you
2: know. well, that's certainly my belief, but that doesn't also stop me from being able to give. Very practical, earth, earthbound suggestions to people.
0: (laughs) But we are earthbound, and oh my goodness, we need them. Let me ask you this: this is this is just. I just have to ask you this. How did you get ready for this interview? Did you call on some techniques to do that? Because I certainly, I certainly did. I sat and worked on my voice for a little while because I'm thinking I don't want her to hear me squeak. Um, What do what do you do to get ready for something like this?
2: Um. It's a six-part preparation, which I used when I was starring on Broadway and learned to use and helps me, no matter what kind of performance. <clears throat> and even though I did vocal exercises, I still have frogs in my throat. Yeah,
0: frogs are this time of year. Yeah.
2: So I did, in fact, I have tadpoles in my pond, but that's something else. Okay. I did, in fact, do a vocal warm-up. I did, in fact, kind of wake up my body because whatever spirit or intelligence I hope will come through this interview has to go through my body. So the more alive my body is, the more alive and intelligent my um, what I say will be. So I did a physical, vocal, emotional. When I say emotional preparation, it's really, oh, I'm excited and nervous. But my (laughs) knowing how I feel helps me to not hold on to those feelings and bury them. (laughs) It's interesting, I just realized that there's a line in the Bible which says, don't bury your talents. And they're talking about gold, but I do think feelings are like gold. But if you don't acknowledge them, you don't see the shine in yourself, which is just kind of you were talking about the light.
0: Uh, And if they're negative feelings and you bury them, they're going to come back and bite you down the road. Yep.
2: And think of all the energy you you waste and use just trying not to feel them. (laughs) I used to do that all the time. Exactly. So how
0: long does it take you to run through these six steps?
2: Um, When I had to go to Lincoln Center and perform a one-woman play in front of 2,400 people, it took me all day. Today it took me three minutes.
0: You know the one thing that strikes me about your book is how important it is to prepare. We can't just fly from the seat of our pants mm-hmm. and expect a performance or a radio show or anything else to come out, and you really emphasize all the ways you need to prepare.
2: Which well I did I, I did a meditation so that I had a, a maybe a spiritual contact, just so that I was centered too that relaxes me because I also have discovered, um, to my own dismay, if I'm not relaxed, there's no way I'm going to give the best interview interviewer the best performance.
0: I think that's true of all of us. And on that note, it's time for us to take a break. Perfect timing. This is, this is Irene Common with my guest, Jane Marla Robbins, saying stay tuned because we're going to be right back with more.
1: Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety.
0: Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live
1: broadcasts.
0: Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Jane Marla Robbins. Jane is an actor, a teacher, a writer, and is already a wonderful friend, and I've just <laughs> met her. Um we have wonderful conversations during the break and one of the the comments i made to her during the break and this is you know, this is so wonderful in her book it seems that in her teaching she's doing some wonderful wonderful therapy uh, especially in the beginning when she's trying to help people get to know who they are talk a little bit about why you have people do some of the things you do in terms of self-awareness. Because I think the first section of your book is the clearest teaching on becoming self-aware mm. that I've read anywhere. Mm.
2: Well, that just makes me feel so good. By the way, it's certainly a challenge I seem to be addressing every day. It's not easy to be self-aware.
0: No, it's easier to yourself. To uh, it's easier to
2: say, okay... Oh, my mother told me I was shy and silly. I'll do that. And that way I'm close to my mother and on some very deep level. Our survival depends on being close to our mother. Of course, those are very early feelings. Yes. (laughs) So the leap from, oh, my survival depends on doing what my parents want or society as opposed to, wait a minute, what do I really want? Who am I? There's a wonderful quote I heard from some rabbi who said, you know, or in essence, if I translate it for myself, when I get to heaven, if St. Peter's there or whoever's there, he's not going to say, Jane, why weren't you more like Mother Teresa? He's going (laughs) to say, why weren't you more like Jane Marla Robbins?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Perfect point. You know, I... I I I sometimes reach the point of annoyance when people think they have to be like everybody else because we are each so beautifully unique.
2: Mm. Well, I think it's an old survival technique. Um, If we're not one with the tribe, we may well be destroyed. On the other hand, it is a different age now. We shake hands. We put out our palm. That's from ancient times when we did that to prove we did not carry a knife. Yes. So our, uh, our paranoia uh, has been around, and intelligently so, for a very, very long time. I realize, Irene, that what I really teach for myself as well as for my clients is the difficult, miraculous, and very important journey from fear, paranoia, into joy and self-confidence. So that whether it's public speaking where the fear is paramount, or just fear of being yourself, because you mentioned the word therapy, and a lot of people say, "Oh, you're the best therapist I ever found," and I, you know, I shudder when a the therapist hears that, and I feel, "Oh no." But the truth is, what is therapy? It's just people come to me to change. I think they're very, very brave when they come to me, or if they even pick up the book, because change is difficult. An object at rest likes to stay at rest.
0: We exactly. like exactly.
2: In the familiar of who we are, some people come to me, um, Asian Americans even more than other people, who have been taught to speak in very quiet voices. And when I give them a big vocal exercise, which is, ah, just to have a sound vibrating their sternum bone, and they literally start shaking and even crying because their body has been so unused to the largeness of their sounds, the bigness they can be. Yes. And that's really what I celebrate. How can we be as much as we are meant to be? How can we love as much as we have the ability to love? How much can we be a teacher as much as we've been given the talent? That's what you're doing. It's what I'm doing. Great questions.
0: You know, I was taught, well, I was shushed all my life Mm -hmm. because I had this huge voice. Everybody can (laughs) hear me. Uh, all through the house i couldn't whisper without being heard, and I was shushed and then, when i 'm in my thirties, and I did that at first, well, I taught, but when I did that first speech in Pennsylvania, I thought, "Wow, everybody can hear me, mm-hmm. and I could go into a, a large hall and speak if the microphone didn't work, they could hear me and i 'm thinking, and all my life, I thought this was bad thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's paying off. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, wonderful. So, I mean, obviously, I would say, what do you think, 90% of all children are told to be quiet at some point because the parents don't need screaming kids around? I think so. <laughs> so to take that early lesson and, again, turn it around, when I was talking about the journey from fear to self-confidence, I, I think about the first commandment in the Bible, which says, Thou shalt believe in one God that brought us out of the land of slavery into freedom. That's amazing that that's the first commandment. Yes. And that, I think, is my journey for myself and people who come to me. That's the journey they want to take.
0: And sometimes we're in you know a jail of our own making. Well, oh, and it's basically <laughs> Fear that's the bars there <laughs> um, and how to get out of it. Let me ask you this. Now, you're teaching people to do a lot of imagining and pretending Mm -hmm. that they're somebody else and all of this. Do you get accused of teaching people to lie or be deceptive? I mean, is there a paradox here?
2: There is a total paradox, but it's only on the very superficial level of, oh, you teach acting. Doesn't that mean to pretend? Because an actor, of course, pretends he's somebody else. But the techniques that an actor learns in order to be as authentically that person as possible are techniques that actually probably a long time ago I realized could help me in my real life. I would be so scared and so scared to be myself. So really what I'm talking about now is the role of a lifetime, me. How can I be me as authentically as possible? So the same techniques that I used not to be afraid on stage to play a character, I realized I can use in my real life, not to be afraid at a party, not to be afraid in front of a group of people, whether it's five or 500. And the 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 first techniques that an actor uses is to learn that their instrument, which is what we call it, is accessible and powerful so that the voice, you were talking about the voice. I was thinking on so many levels how important it is to have a voice. In other words, to have your Feelings and truth heard, to have the courage to speak up for who you are and take a stand. And that that brings
0: me to another thought that you really touched in your book, and I was so delighted. You know, if you're going to speak up and you're going to speak your truth, you have to know what that truth (laughs) is. You know, so how much do you work with your students or your clients to learn what their own beliefs or their own truth is? I think, frankly,
2: that's the only thing that we need to learn on this planet is to what what our real, deep, loving truth is and then take a stand for it. And invariably, people come to realize that's what it's all about. And it doesn't matter where. I had a client come to me whose husband had just died and suddenly she was in control of their company and she was terrified of his partners. So for her to take a stand for herself and speak her truth, which is, hello I will not be taken advantage of although she put it in a very positive way is just what you're talking about it happens on so many levels if for example speaking in public you're not speaking your truth your whole body will feel that lie and be very unhappy I think people get sick because of that oh I think so too and it's not as you say it's not always easy to know what our truth is In other words, to say, I love you to somebody, that takes enormous courage. And I think it's interesting when I say that, that I realize that the French word for heart, which is presumably where love resides, is cœur, which is the basis of our word for courage, so that love and courage go together. And in this journey from fear into courage, it is the journey from fear into love, to love whatever I think we're doing or saying that we believe it fully, and with courage we speak it out.
0: Now, you, you know, that's, that, I had not thought of that link, and it's a very powerful thought. You know, how much in your own life do you find yourself using acting techniques? Do, do these become such a part of yourself that they're no longer acting techniques? No, is it I, have for to, you I nat- must
2: confess, I pro- you, but what do they say, you teach best what you most need to learn. I had a very uh, difficult uh, childhood, and I have a lot of wiring that if I don't remind myself of my truth, I can go back to feeling I'm a little child victim again, which is where the fear comes from. I have learned to put myself in situations where I don't need the techniques. In other words, uh, ideally, I I believe, wouldn't it be lovely if we were always with people with whom we felt safe and loved? Because that's the opposite, again, of fear. But when I find myself, if I go to a party, I have to write down some techniques. (laughs) I have to maybe go into the bathroom because I'm very sensitive and just... Remind myself why I'm there, who I am, what it feels like to be centered and relaxed. Now I can go out again and do what I need to do. Use the actors. Um, there's an actress' technique called the psychophysical action, where you, in essence and yes, this is another therapeutic technique to know what you want from a given situation. So maybe it's just to go out and have fun. Maybe it's to go and find a friend, but to somehow be focused. There, there are some uh, interesting things experiments at UCLA where social phobics are given a verbal action like that and then they can go and perform the tasks that they need that it literally changes the brain chemistry which i must say as i know you read the book what what fascinates me about my book and the process has been that it's not just some flaky you know woo woo acting techniques That, in fact, all the techniques that actors have known and used for centuries now are being tested at Harvard to understand that they do, in fact, change our brain chemistry. Because there are chemicals that exist in our body when we're terrified and equally chemicals in our body that exist when we feel courageous and full of love and safe. And then the trick is to know what exercise to use to switch that around if the fear comes up, and fear will come up, and and you know the more power to it. Then I mean, if it's a real lion staring at us, thank goodness we're afraid. If it is a man with a li- with it, a knife, but yeah, all and, we that that stuff, and, <laughs> and we get out of there. And what?
0: And we get out of there. Exactly. The thought the, the thought that you know, there's a saying that we all use, and that's fake it till you make it, and you know it's true if you if you can fake it till you make it indeed your brain chemistry does change and it becomes a real part of you and and that's what you're saying you know some of these acting techniques can bring about those changes that you need to feel safe
2: well since memory which is the uh, at least from the Moscow art theater and stanislavski and naturalistic acting that came to Lee Strasberg in the actor's studio one of their the, the beginner's technique is something called sense memory, where you remember something with your senses. It's, it's not like you're hallucinating, but you're say you're imagining a time when you felt very secure. Uh, maybe you graduated, so you can feel your diploma, or you can feel the robes, you can hear pomp and circumstance. It's not you are fooling your body into thinking it's there. Now they're using this in hospitals now. They've done a test where if people use sense memory, which hospitals now call guided sensory imagery yes they find in the four groups that they tested the first group where the doctor said oh everything will be fine and the second group where the nurse says everything will be fine because she's more loving and compassionate and the third group where they give you music because they understand that music too can change your brainwaves and make you feel healthier in fact but the fourth group had the most extraordinary progress compared to the other three. They were given a sense of memory, maybe an ocean, something that would relax the person. And that group had shorter hospital stays, needed less pain medication, less anxiety medication, and their blood pressure was lower. So it's 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 yeah. This is, yeah, and this they're is learning more stuff. and more even, about
0: this all the time, and we're finally beginning to use, learn how to do something with it. It's time for us, Jane, to take another break. Um, perfect, I, perfect timing. We, perfect timing. I want to encourage all of you who are listening to stay tuned because we're going to be talking about more with Jane Marla Robbins when we come back.
1: Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
0: Welcome back to the Self Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Jane Marla Robbins. We've been talking about acting techniques, uh, sensory memory, uh, and that brings me the question to the question: How does using acting techniques like sensory memory, memory, sensory, whatever—I got it backwards—I think I don't know. It's my tongue is
2: saying, not. You're right. You sense this is, memory. Yeah. How does
0: it differ from using psychology?
2: Well, psychology, I think, just means the study of the psyche, which yeah. is what every actor, every artist, every human, I think, is interested in because that's who they are.
0: <laughs> see, yeah, I see them going hand in glove. I, the
2: psyche yes. is a fascinating thing. And so I think it's all the same. I think everyone, whether they even are aware of it or not, are everyone is on a journey called, hey, I better get to know myself so I can be myself, because at the end of the day, that's what I want to say I've done. I want to say I've lived, and I've lived my life, not my parents' life, not my husband's life.
0: Absolutely.
2: And now, the psyche seems to be a, a landscape that may have some of those answers in it.
0: Our our minds are so incredible. We know so little about them. Mm-hmm. and And we're beginning to know more and more now that they can study... Uh, and, and see the changes in the brain as we do different things. I just saw. I just got a new puppy, and this so this really got my attention. I saw on TV a study that they were studying a dog's brain. They got a dog to be still enough to do uh, an MRI, and they could see the difference in him when he was happy and when he was stressed, just by what changes were taking place in his brain. You know, uh, and imagine what they learn about people. I mean, it's it's quite fascinating, and the chemicals that that are uh, produced at a cellular level from all of our different emotions. I mean, we're just beginning to scratch the surface of some of this amazing research. Well, but I... you know, let's get back to you. How how did you learn these techniques? Did you have special teachers who really you know took you into different facets? Did you learn different pieces of this from different teachers? Uh, I have I... no idea how you go about learning acting. So.
2: Okay, I'm just going to address what you just said, because without an MRI, from every sense memory class an actor takes, you can see if he's remembering something that made him want to die, whatever, maybe his dog got run over when he was four. I don't do exercises like that with my clients, because they basically come to me to want to feel joyful. Right. But even if they're remembering eating chocolate which seems to be an all-time favorite. Literally, you just say, "Okay, can you taste the chocolate because you're dealing with the senses? Can you, you know, are you chewing the nuts? Can you feel the sweetness?" Yes. You a lemon there's...
0: is such a wonderful example.
2: She and what? A lemon. But the thing about the the, the pleasure thing is that when they're eating their chocolate or their hot fudge sundae oh, yeah. or whatever it is they love, you can see their whole face change. You don't need to get an MRI of the brain. Exactly. Their, your, their whole
0: body changes. That's right. That's right. Their whole body language.
2: All right. So I can now answer your question. Um okay. I wanted to be the best actress I could be, and I studied with as many teachers as I could. So I went, I studied with a Russian who had worked with Stanislavski in New York. I studied with with Sandy Meisner who teaches a different kind I studied with Lee Strasberg I studied with people who studied with Lee who had kind of left his own rigid I mean it, it seems to be the the pattern right you have a, a Sigmund Freud and then you have a Carl Jung and the son leaves the father yes and um I guess I left all my acting teachers But some of the teachers who had left Lee Strasberg, Sandra Seacat, for example, I mean, she's had in in her stable, you know, like seven uh, Academy Award winners. They are teaching spiritual aspects of acting as well as the, oh, I have to cry here, and how do I do it as my character?
0: See, I don't see how you can ever learn to cry on cue. That blows me away. And you have you you talked a good bit about um, actresses who need certain things. I'm thinking of the red couch. Um, uh, somebody needed to see so she could cry on cue. I'm thinking, I think that would really be a stretch. How on earth do you ever reach that point?
2: I think it's just what you were saying that the mind is the most miraculous organ and we don't even know how or why in other words I believe we can program ourselves like for example if I have to go to a difficult family function I will now write down almost I'll write an affirmation I easily call it a script call it an inner monologue call it whatever you want I easily and effortlessly enjoy seeing my family and I believe because when I don't do it it doesn't happen it programs me I mean, our brains are computers along with everything else they are. So by the same token, you're in a part, and you know you have to cry on page 7, and you programmed yourself to do that. Now, that's one way of looking at it. Maybe you need to see the red couch like Joanna Miles did so she could cry. Or I remember in college I was doing a play, and it was The Cherry Orchard, and I was a student. I didn't know it anything about acting, except, of course, I'd been programmed to do it, and here I am playing this probably 30-year-old woman, and I'm only 17 or 18 or whatever it was, and she's looking out at the lake where her son drowned, and I start crying, right (sighs) on cue, because the part itself, so whatever that miracle is, whatever that surrender is to what is appropriate at that moment, is it? Mirror cells that understand empathy, um, which apparently are, are deeply affected by, um, antidepressants I just read, which is not thrilling to hear because I think the more compassionate our country is, the happier we'll all be. But that, my crying there is, is an example of how little we know. I had never in this life had a son who died. I was a virgin. I just arrived at yeah. college, you know? but the power of the words the power of my desire again we're talking desire so like with the affirmation to the party I have a desire to have a good time I state it I program myself that way I give it to myself as a script and, and, and not to forget that words like sounds have enormous impact on this mystery of the mind as you know that now they, they test you oh here you're listening to music and It's Mozart, and look how happy your brain is. Oh, dear, here's rock and roll. Oh, it's not so happy. Yeah. And by the same token, words and sounds. Om, which is the Eastern meditation sound of who knows what, the beginning of creation. Everybody has their own definition of it. But we do know if you do say that enough, your brain waves change their shape. Yeah. And, And your
0: body feels different.
2: Totally. That's right. No, the brain, or whatever that brain is, does control the body. And also now there's all this, um, they've discovered that the mapping of the intestines mirrors the mapping in the brain. So oh, that, we are
0: so holistic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're so holistic. <laughs> you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing such passion in your voice. that I'm going to ask you a question that makes me feel like James Lipton. <laughs> Why do you love, what do you love about acting? Why do you love it?
2: The truth is, Irene, I am not acting anymore. I am teaching and attempting to play the role of a lifetime, which is myself, so that the miracle of self-transformation, which I did on stage to become someone else, is now a miracle and an exercise that I can witness, experience, and rejoice in in my own life. And so I love the craft of acting, the miracle of acting, the transformation of acting. I think actors are amazing. I mean, I did that for 40 years.
0: Um. No, I think they are too, and especially after reading your book, and some of the things that cross my mind are, you know, I was told all my life don't cry mm-hmm. you know don't let people see you upset. you know what will the neighbors think and i 'm thinking people who grew up in my generation had to overcome so much yep. to be able to learn some of these acting techniques. No wonder they need so many teachers. You know. And the other thing that strikes me is how much most actors put into it, how many teachers they've had, how many hours they've put into it, and some of the greatest actors still studying. I, I haven't heard of one who doesn't say, and right now I'm, I'm studying with so-and-so.
2: Robert De Niro has a coach for every film. You
0: know, it's, it's very humbling to, to some of us who think, well I got my degree now I'm set to go. You know, I, I don't I've never felt that I didn't have to learn more. I, I'm a perpetual student of something. I, you know, but, but everybody doesn't feel that way. And mm-hmm. you know we think because we got a degree in 1950 that we don't need to learn anymore. I hope I'm not speaking the truth there. I hope I'm stretching it. But well, I it's... think it's
2: true because, as we said before, nobody wants to change. Everyone wants to think just how they are is perfect. <laughs> but the terrible, wonderful truth is that we age. I mean, I've, I'm no spring chicken anymore, and I I have come to, to witness the changes uh, as if they were miracles. But and they, they are. Yeah. <laughs> they Instead are of, miracles. Oh, oh, I have a wrinkle in my forehead. Quick, let's put some Botox in there so I look 15 it seems to me
0: i say look i got a wrinkle i earned it (laughs) i earned that wrinkle yeah it's okay now i kind of i kind of love being old and i i think people think that's a little crazy but it has its own rewards
2: crazy i think it's crazy if you don't love being old if you don't love however you are in the moment
0: Exactly. Oh, and that's the other thing we talk about is being in the moment. And at this moment, we're going to go to another break.
2: (laughs) What a wonderful segue. You go, (laughs) girl. Oh,
0: yeah. So stay tuned. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about how you can find out more about Jane's book and more about Jane Marla Robbins. So stay tuned.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone,
1: BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed.
0: Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job.
1: For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast
0: right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk.
0: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Collin. My guest today is Jane Marla Robbins. And I know if you've been listening, you want to know more about her. You want to know how you can find her on the Internet and how you can find her book. So, Jane, tell us those lovely things.
2: Okay. Um, my mother gave me three names, so it's Jane Marla Robbins. J-A-N-E-M-A-R-L-A-R-O-B-B-I-N-S. She thought it was a good name for an actress. I guess it was. So, janemarlarobbins.com is my web page, and it talks about my book and the deck of cards that are actually quite amusing that accompany the book. Um, it's kind of a, a, a humorous and nevertheless exact replication of the more serious explication in the book. And um, I'm in Los Angeles. I give workshops all over the country in New York, San Francisco. Actually, wherever people want me. And people come and visit me all the time. So if they have a speech to give, I am lucky enough to have them here at my studio. And they can email me if they want at Jane M. Robbins at earthlink.net. I,
0: Jane M?
2: M is in Marla? M as at earthlink. At R O B B I N S at earthlink.net. So I'll be Thanks. happy to hear from anybody
0: fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your writing. Do do you have the same well I can't be the same because they're different, but you know, talk about your passion for writing because you write so well. How did you get into writing?
2: That is such a I love your observations because you're right. I'm passionate about writing and of course it's different. And frankly, I did not know I was a writer until very recently. Even though I have been writing all my life, having been given the imprimatur of being an actress, I was directing my sister in plays when I was seven years old.
0: Oh, I love it.
2: So I was writing plays, and I actually, Ed Asner is about to do a reading of a play of mine here in Los Angeles, um, which is about Dr. Martin Luther King and Rabbi Abraham Heschel, who were, in fact, Mm -hmm. very, very good friends. And you mentioned passion. I, I feel it's a gift that I've been given. I'm passionate about my play, I'm passionate about my poetry. Why words turn me on? I seem to have been built that way. My poems turn me on. Sharing my truth turns me on, and that seems to be what writing is. But it's also sculpting. And you take a even a little poem, and a play is a larger poem, and a book is a larger piece. But every word has such resonance and meaning, and I know it affects people. And always,
0: uh,
2: I feel. Graced to know it comes from some deep truth in me. So see,
0: I I, uh, totally understand that. (laughs) I have a passion for words. You can have all the numbers you want. Just give me
2: words. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: give give me words. Um, You write extremely well. Did you have any? Did you go to any classes, or did you just sit down and talk to the paper?
2: Talk to the paper, and actually, sometimes I'd even talk to an assistant who typed it. Because for me, so much of life is about communication with another human being. I I even believe uh, that's where God resides, in that magical, ignited communication. So it's just easier for me if somebody's there at my computer, used to be at my typewriter, and I speak my truth. And part of the gift is that I am wanting to share this with another human being. And I guess that's the teacher in me also, and that's also the person hungry for communication, whether you believe that God is in the light between two people's eyes when they do communicate, or, you know, we're pack animals. Depending on where on the spectrum of human relations your belief system is, I think it's really where I live. If I can be communicating with somebody else, sharing something honest, it's made my day. Like this interview.
0: (laughs) Tell me about your teaching, and I, and I know you have a passion for that, too. If somebody wanted to take your class, how do they find where you're teaching, when you're teaching, what you're teaching? How, how do they, and are you going to be doing any of this online?
2: Um, no, because I like to see those bodies in front of me, because it's those bodies that are going to communicate with another
0: human body. Oh, I know that feeling
2: or stand up in front of people. That's why people come to me, to know how to deal with other people of whom we're all scared for, for, for ancient DNA reasons. So, Jane M. Robbins at earthlink.net, here's a phone number for my classes, three one zero four five five one five seven nine. 310-455-1579. There are workshops all the time because people are always calling me, and they're always small, so I'll give them at a moment's notice because I think the more individual attention people get so I can really watch people and hear people and see what's going on so I can share myself as deeply as possible and they can share their deepest self with me.
0: Once they get over How important is humor to you? Oh, what a wonderful question. I love it.
2: What can I say? Give it to me as part of my diet or I'd probably die.
0: Oh, wouldn't first- we
2: all? <laughs> Well, I don't know. There are people who go around who who manage not to laugh a lot. I I worry about them, but everyone's made differently. I do know that there's an entire research building at UCLA studying the effect of even smiling along with laughter on the immune system because we know laughter does make us stronger.
0: Oh, there's all kinds of studies that have been done on it. I I love Patch Adams, who makes everybody laugh. I'm a fan of his. He's been in a lot of trouble with the medical profession, but I think he's so right on. And another one is Bernie Siegel, Mm -hmm. who teaches cancer patients to laugh and smile and share humor, and in that, find some healing.
2: I didn't know that. I do know I had an acting teacher named Harold Klerman who directed a lot of very famous Broadway plays in the 40s, and I studied acting with him in the 70s, I guess, and he would make us laugh, and then he told us, he said, you know, of course I make you laugh, because truth is a hard pill to swallow, but if you're laughing and your mouth is open, I can just pop it down. Isn't that wonderful?
0: That's a lovely idea. Yeah.
2: So it's very profound for me laughter on so many levels. I mean, it loosens the body. It loosens the soul,
0: probably. Have you ever had a a time when you were trying to do a serious role and you got the giggles?
2: Probably on stage. I hate to admit it, but I think every actor (laughs) does it once. And and also we know when it happens, the audience just loves it.
0: (laughs) They do. We all do. I think probably some get annoyed, but they... I might not laugh anyway. Uh. <laughs> I think
2: it's because at that moment they understand even the actor is human. And that seems to me the most important lesson to learn. In other words, dare I cry, dare I be empathetic, dare I have a feeling and be human, dare I care passionately, which might upset some people. Is that, What does it mean to be human? So I think when the actors just start laughing and can't stop it, people go, Oh, my God, what is this human condition? Which is, of course, what you were talking about earlier. Oh, she's
0: human, but look what she's doing. Yeah. You know, we've come right up to the end of the show. It's gone so fast, Jane. It's just gone so fast today. What's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today?
2: Enjoy your life. Enjoy being with yourself. Go have fun celebrate, communicate with people, enjoy that, rejoice. If it. you
0: had one technique to recommend to anybody who gets scared in front of other people, what would it be?
2: It would be probably try to find a sense memory that reminds you of your joy, of your self-confidence, whether it's, as I said, a graduation or just remembering someone you love who makes you feel safe. Because when you feel safe and loved, you cannot feel that fear. It will not be. Enter your chemical reality.
0: You make me think of Rumi's saying, the soul is here for its
2: own joy. Oh, what a beautiful quote. Love that man.
0: Love that man.
2: (laughs) I love everything. Yes, I guess that's my Next
0: week's guest is Dr. Julie Kiefer, a naturopath, who's going to uh, discuss a number of new techniques available to us. We're going to talk about the O-Shot. What ha- helps women with their sexual response? We're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, stem cell treatment and then maybe a little bit about acupuncture. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it and I think you'll learn some new things about what's available to us as women and things that can help us be healthier. Jane, thank you mm-hmm. so, so much for well, being Thank with
2: you, us Irene, today. because I get to remember everything I need to learn. I <laughs> <and> remember myself <laughs> and you've made that possible during this hour
0: I think that everyone will agree with me that today's show has been ultimately helpful as well as entertaining and I thank you so much
2: I thank you
0: this is Irene Conlon saying thank you from the Self Improvement Show and Jane Marla Robbins come back next week and join us with Dr. Julie Kiefer
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.